Hi, and welcome back to our broadcast. You know, on the last broadcast, we were talking about, of course, this is 2024, a year for more, a year to go further, a year to be closer to your Heavenly Father. Everything that we do in life should what? Should glorify God. It should bring honor to God. Everything that we do, every, every, you know, there, <laughs> I'm thinking of a song, every move you make, every step you take, I'm watching you, but it's, it is God watching us, but not to look at us fail, not to look at us mess up, but to see us be victorious and overcomers. God desires for us to move forward, to move higher and to move closer to him. So whatever we're facing in life, whatever we, I talk about this a lot, that whatever we face in life, we are not facing this alone. I believe that's a message that we should not forget because God is with us. He's in us. But many times we forget that he, he really is living on the inside of us. And his word declares, the Bible declares that he will never leave us and never forsake us. But why is it that many times that we, we get into a situation or we go through life or we, we, we really go by our feelings because we feel like God has left us or abandoned us. But the truth is he will never ever leave us. And that's a confidence that we have. You know, I, I'm, I'm human. And many people will say that I'm a trustworthy person because I'm, I'm honest. I have integrity and, you know, at work they can count on me. And, and my wife would say that I'm very trustworthy, but you know, I fail. I will let people down. I'll do my best not to, but I'm still going to fail you. If you want, if you wanted to try to be close to me or to be a, uh, be my friend and, and you, you were around me a lot, you'd find out that I'm going to fail you at some point. I'm going to do my best not to, but God will never fail you. God will never fail you. He'll never let you down, but humans, man will fail you. And when we put our trust in man, when we don't put our trust solely in God, when we don't put our trust in him first and above all, then we're going to get let down. You know, trust is, is something that it's hard to overcome when it's, when trust is broken. It's hard to, to build that back. Many people say, well, why don't you just trust me? Or you're, you, you know, growing up, our children say, well, you don't trust me. No, you've got, it's not that you apologized and now you're, you're trustworthy again. You have to prove trustworthiness and, and people will fail us. But one person who has never ever given a reason or broken that trust is our heavenly father. He has never, ever failed us and he's not going to start now. So as we go into the, as we, well, we already have gone into it, but as we're going through 2024, I believe that Jesus is coming back very soon and it's not something to fear or be afraid of. It's something to anticipate and have expectation of. It's something for us to look forward to that our future is bright, that what is ahead of us is wonderful. Everything that God has laid out for us is for our benefit. He created this earth for us. He created the earth to give mankind a beautiful home and a place for, for God and man to, to dwell together and God and man to communicate with. And then sin came into the world and, and tried to destroy all that. And then God 
have had a plan from the very beginning to bring us back into fellowship with him through Jesus Christ and to give us that eternal life through him that we could forever be connected back to our father and never have to be separated again. God loves us so much and he has a great plan for us. And so as we move forward in 2024, what is the greatest thing that we can do is to share the good news with other people, is to share this wonderful life. You know, people are searching. They're searching for an answer and they cannot find it in this world. They're reaching, they're grasping, they're trying to find something to fill on the inside of them, that emptiness. And there is, there's a, a saying, I don't remember who it was that, that uh, coined this phrase, but there is a God-shaped vacuum on the inside of every person that can only be filled by him. There's a, there's a, a, a place that only God will fit. Nothing else will satisfy it. Nothing else will make it okay. We, the world will try to say, you know, well, if, if we just accept and we just love and we, and we're kind. Yes, we should love and accept people and be kind, but we don't have to accept sin. We don't have to accept people, you know, acting wrong or acting crazy. There is correction. There is a judgment. There is a, a guidance and a leading and, and someone to, you know, the, um, the world just doesn't want to correct anybody anymore. They don't, they, they don't want to have parents. They don't want to have anybody in authority over them. They want to just live our own truth, live our own life, do whatever, you know, do what we feel is right. As long as we don't cross into your, into your lane or, or we don't cross your boundary. You know, if we just do our own thing, you cannot just do your own thing. You cannot live this life. You are not an island. You can't live your life without connecting to other people. But the world thinks that if we just be nice and kind and love, and that's that sounds like a good message until you cross them or till you don't agree with them. And then where did the love go? Now all of a sudden the fangs come out and, and the venom comes out. You know, it, it's a false message, but there is one true love and that is Jesus Christ. There is one true God. There is one heavenly father. There is one Lord and savior. And that is Jesus. There is one Holy spirit. There is God himself who created the world, who created mankind and has created eternal life in a kingdom that will not end. So this is what we're looking forward to. This is where we're going, but people need to hear that there is a life outside or beyond this world. And what we're doing in this world right now is what determines where we will spend eternity, how our future is for all of eternity, because we are on this earth for a very short time. We are on this earth for just a moment, but eternity never ends. It is a, a, a infinity. It is forever infinity and beyond. Not Buzz Light years, but into infinity and beyond infinity is what? More infinity. It never quits. It never stops. It doesn't end. And thank God that he's made a way and a plan for us to spend all of eternity in his kingdom and for anybody whosoever will to come to the knowledge and confess and humble themselves and trust in the plan that God gave his precious son, Jesus Christ, 
will have that eternal life. It is for anybody that would believe, anybody that would trust in him. And in Romans chapter 10 and verse 5, this is where it starts out. It says, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to the earth? And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. You know, the world thinks that that if Christ was, or people, not necessarily the world, but people think that if Christ was on the earth today, it would be better. But it wouldn't be better. Christ did his work. He did his job. And it, when his work was finished, it, it that wasn't the entire plan, just him coming to the earth. But part of God's plan was to send the precious Holy Spirit to be with us when Christ could only be at one place at one time. The Holy Spirit is everywhere and can be in all of us. And, and yes, that's hard to wrap your mind around that, how that works, but just believe that, that it, it is the way it is, that the Holy Spirit is in me. He is in you. If you're a believer, if you've invited Christ into your life, into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes in, lives and abides on the inside of you, makes you a new creation, changes you to be in the image of Christ on the inside, your spirit man, to be pure and holy and righteous as righteous as Jesus is. And yes, that is hard for some people to get a hold of that you, but it's your spirit. It's not your flesh. It's not your personality. Your opinion doesn't become as righteous and holy as Christ is. That has to be developed. But your spirit, man, on the inside becomes pure and holy because if it didn't, you could never stand before God Almighty. But you can because he recreates your spirit in his image and becomes just like him, pure, holy, and righteous. And you can stand before God without condemnation because of what Jesus did. And so the world would say that if, you know, Christ walking on the earth, that would be, if I could just touch him, if I could physically touch him, but he could only be at one place at one time. He could reach only a few people at a time. And then how would people be able to get to him? Because there would be people that would guard and protect and keep him away from from uh, people and he would be untouchable. But through the precious Holy Spirit, God is touchable to everyone. That is how precious God, his plan it was and is that he made it to where no one would be left out or abandoned. So people would, you know, so Paul is saying, don't don't say within yourself, you know, who's to go up to Christ, to heaven and bring Christ back or, or down or, or to bring him back from to life again. He did raise, uh, was raised from the dead. He is alive and he is in, in heaven seated next to the, the, uh, heavenly father. And in verse eight, it says, in fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you've heard, this is in the New Living. It's a little different than the, maybe the King James that you've heard, but it it's, says the, the, the very same thing. If you openly declare, if you confess with your mouth, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What a message for mankind. If you would believe in your heart, 
Say with your mouth, declare it openly. You confess because the Bible says, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart is what's going to come out. So you can't openly say or declare something that is not really in there. You can do it for a little while. You could say it for a moment. But if you something you say continually is what is really on the inside of you, it's what you really believe. When the pressure is applied, when 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 it's when it's pressed, my uncle was just talking about this today. When when you're squeezed, when you know what's on the inside, when you're when when you're squeezed, it's going to come out just like a sponge. What what's got what's what it's full of. When it gets squeezed, it ain't got a choice. It's coming out. It's going to come out. So if you really truly believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and you really declare him as your Lord and Savior, when the pressure's applied, when, when it's, when you're squeezed, what's going to come out is yet Lord Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. That's really what's on the inside of you. And so as the script in verse 11, as the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Your trust in the Lord God Almighty is not uh, invaluable or un, uh, un <laughs> I'm not saying that right, but your your trust in the the Lord God Almighty will never bring you disgrace. It will never disappoint you because He will not fail. There have been people in your life that have failed you. That maybe people that were your uh, authority, people that were people you looked up to, you respected, people that. That had that you're were maybe in charge of you, maybe even as you were growing up, or even as an adult, people that you trusted and respected let you down and failed you. But I'm telling you, God will never fail you. You've been hurt, you've been wounded, you you feel like you can't trust people anymore. Well, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will lead you to the people and and guide you and lead you to be able to discern people you can trust. And we need to be able to trust people, but not put our whole trust in them. We need to trust people as we're listening to the Holy Spirit. And and we need to let people into our life to be part of our life, but not lean on them wholly and not trust in them for everything, but go to the Father first. That everything we do, go through Him. Everything we face or or deal with, go through Him first. Every relationship that we're in, every every connection we make, every decision that we make, go through Him first. It's all going through Him because the Father will not fail us. He will not let us down. We put our trust in Him. We take His Word, His precious Word that He has given us. We take this and we get it on the inside of us and we listen to what he says. And if we believe him over everybody else, I don't care if the whole world turns against this book. If the whole world says that this is is not for today. And, you know, they they uh, I believe it was Barnes and Noble. Now, don't quote me on this, but one of the bookstores. They took the Bible out of there because they said that it wasn't because it, it, it had things about slavery and different things that it wasn't uh, up for the times or today or it was it was uh, not relevant or it was against our times, our social time. If you change your social stance that and don't line it up with the word of God, you have turned away from God. 
You've turned away from all, from the God of creation. If you take and go any other way besides what this book says, this Bible is the roadmap. It's the, the standard. If you're going to judge something, you've got to have something to put it up against. You've got to have something that says, what is, you know, if, if you have a measuring stick, if you, if you say, what's, how, how much is 12 inches? Well, if you're a fisherman, you're going to say that fish was this long. Well, how big was it really? My dad used to say, he said, yeah, I caught a fish this big. I don't know if you can see my finger or not, but it looks like it was huge fish, but it was really this big. So what's the standard? The standard is what you measure everything else up against. And God is our standard. His word is the standard. If anybody has any opinion or view of this world or how to live or how to act or how to respond to anything, if it doesn't line up with this word, this word is not, does not contradict itself, even though people would say it does because they don't understand it. They don't read it correctly. But this word is what God had men to write. Yes, he had men write it, but he gave them, inspired them and gave them the words to write to put in here for us as a testimony of examples that went before us and had this written down so that we would have something, not just we, but everyone in the world can come together on this one thing and see what God's plan is and how God thinks, what's God's view, this is the standard. What does God say is right? What does God say is correct? If it doesn't line up with him, it doesn't line up with this word, then we should turn away from that and say, it doesn't line up with this. I'm not going to follow it. I'm not going after it. I'm going to do what his word says. And his word does not teach you to, to hate people and to go against other people, but it does teach us to hate sin, to hate what destroys, to hate what destroys people's lives, what destroys marriages, destroys relationships, what does not cause people to, to come up higher and to come closer to the Father and to come into a relationship with him. All of these things God put in here to lead us to a place a victory to a place, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that he created for all mankind that whosoever would believe. Then he goes on to say in verse 12, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call upon him. For everyone, verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Why do we do what we do? Why do we take the time to put the, the message, the gospel on to video and to audio and to podcast? Why do we take the time to, to, put a message together and and put this out there for people to criticize. Yes, people criticize us. I've had people comment on our broadcast and say, you know, uh, things that are, you know, they're they're <laughs> they're not very nice. You know, they don't un- they many if they don't know you, if they really don't know you, they're going to misrepresent you or they're going to misjudge you. 
If they don't know your heart, they're going to take what you say and they're going to twist it and they're going to, you know, uh, use it against you. If you have a message in your heart this year, it's time to begin to get it out there. And yes, it's a risk because people are going to say things. People are going to judge you. People are going to say you're just, you know, you're holier than thou. You're all this. No, we're just trying to bring people to the Father. We're trying to lead people and tell them, hey, the bridge is out. Don't go that way. You know, people don't want you to tell them don't go that way until there's, you know, they realize that you were trying to save them from destruction. But they can't see it. You can't see the bridges out when when you're on a road and up ahead of you, it's a flat road or there's a curve. You can't see the danger that's up ahead. And if someone's waving their arms and trying to flag you down and you think, man, that person's crazy. What is wrong with them? You know, I hear, heard a, a, a testimony from Andrew Womack. He said he was traveling on a road. And he, and he come around a curve. It was a, a real, it was dark. It was a real curvy road. And he come up and he almost hit this car. Well, this, this, uh, there was an accident and a horse was loose on the road. Well, somebody came up from around behind him and hit that horse and threw that car up over and flipped that car. And all this massive destruction killed the horse and, and all of the, these cars were piling up. Well, he knew that people, um, People around the curve could not see what had happened. So he runs down, th- down the street, runs up around the curve and begins to flag people trying to get them to stop, waving them, stop, 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 stop. Well, people were zipping by him. He said they were waving at him with their finger. You know what that means? They were mad. They were cussing him. They were yelling all this stuff. You crazy? Because, you know, here he is um, j- trying to jump out in front of them to get them to, to get them to see him and to stop. And they're thinking, this guy's nuts. He's crazy. But what they didn't realize was up ahead, he was, was a, a life threatening, um, situation that if they did not stop, their own life was in danger. And that's what, that's what happens in this world. When we spread the gospel, we tell people about Christ or about serving God. If we, if we say anything that goes against their, their views or their lifestyle, they think they don't want their, you know, you're, you're crazy. You're the one that's off. And all we're doing is trying to lead people away from destruction. And how can they hear unless someone tells them? We have got to get the message out. Your neighbors have got to hear. Your family members have got to hear. Your friends have got to hear. And if you don't have a relationship that you can go to your family members, or you can go to people, then pray, Lord, send someone to reach them. Pray for them. Jesus said, pray for laborers because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. It's not easy to get out there and, and give a message. It's not easy to get out there and share because you know, what are they going to think of me? They're going to think I'm criticizing. I'm judging them. I'm trying to judge their life. I'm trying. No, we're trying to save their life. We're trying to save them from a, a, a life of destruction. And not only that, from any, in a eternity of destruction. We don't want anybody to die and go to hell. We want as many as possible to be saved. That is the heart of the father to lead as many as will who will humble themselves not be full of pride and arrogance and say, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. I'm going to do my own thing. If there's a God, then so if there's a hell, I'm going to be the 
the life of the party. You know, those, there's so many stupid sayings that people say out there. They have no clue what is awaiting them, but we've got to get the message out. We've got to do what we can to reach people, support people out there. You see these ministers that, you know, if you've been reached by and touched by these ministers out there, so into their ministry. I'm not saying this for you to so to us. I'm saying that when you see that there's a ministry out there that's getting the gospel out, that's we give and we sow constantly. Annette and I give so much to these ministries because we believe that it's important that the gospel goes forth and gets out there and people's lives are reached. Do your part to help fund the gospel. Get the gospel out there. Be part of the end time revival. Be part of it. Pray, read your Bible and give. Don't be under condemnation, but do something this year that you've never done before. Do more than you've ever done. Give more than you've ever given. And I promise you that you will never outgive God. It will come back to you abundantly because God gives seed to the sower. It'll come back to you so that you can continue to sow. You can continue to get the gospel out. You can continue to support these ministries that are on the front line. They're getting the gospel out. Sow into them. Pray for them. They need your prayers. Pray for pastors. Pray for the churches. Pray for all of those that are in, in the the uh, kingdom leadership, those that are on the front lines, getting the gospel out that God is using in these last days. Pray for them, cover them with prayer, help them, support them, encourage them. If you know them personally, encourage them, speak into their life, pray, give, speak into their life, encourage, and let's get this gospel out and see Jesus Christ come back and get us so that we can live in that kingdom, that precious kingdom of heaven for all of eternity. Amen. Let me end this in prayer. Father, in the name that's above every name, Lord, we worship you. We thank you, Lord God, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for for allowing us to be part in these last days, to be a part of this. Lord God, what a great time it is to be alive and to see your kingdom at hand. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that that all of the things that we've desired and have believed for, Lord God, we put our faith and trust in you. Lord, we ask you to give us strength and courage to step up and to step out. Lord, to do what you've called us to do, to not back up, to not quit, to not faint. We will not give up, Lord God. We put our faith and trust in you. And Lord, we thank you in the name that is above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen.